no, no, hang on. Hang on. <laughs> not a good right, cool. yes, Ready? Welcome to the bite-sized edition of the Editor Roundtable podcast. Here on the Roundtable, we're dedicated to helping you become a better writer, following the StoryGrid method developed by Sean Coyne. In these episodes, we bring you some shorter solo articles and interviews on topics that interest us as writers. I'm Valerie Francis, and today I'll be talking to you about value shift. So join me for a quick bite of Writing Insight, starting right now. Value shift is one of the most challenging parts of story grid theory to understand because it speaks to the very heart of story and human nature. But that also makes it one of the most crucial aspects of storytelling to master. Without it, your story isn't going to be about anything. Your reader won't become engaged and you will have devoted thousands of hours hammering out a novel that no one will finish. Now, I know that sounds harsh, but it's actually true. So to begin our understanding of value shift, we have to first recognize that life is constantly shifting along a spectrum of values. Rarely, if ever, is a situation neutral. Think about the conversations you've had with your colleagues today, or your family members or your neighbors, and especially with yourself. It's easy to miss the value shift in our lives because we're busy living our lives, not analyzing them. But now that you're an author, you've got to develop the habit of stepping back and looking at life the way a writer does. Since stories reflect life and are about change, regardless of which genre you write in, understanding the concept of value shift and all it entails is vital. If your scenes don't turn on a value, they won't ring true for your reader. So in this StoryGrid 101 episode... I'll cover some of the basics of value shift so you can begin using it in your stories right away. You can find more in my Fundamental Fridays post on the StoryGrid website called Value Shift 101. Now, before we get too far into this, let's start with some definitions. First, we have the global spectrum of value. Every story turns on a value, and that value is determined by the global content genre. So, if you're writing an action story, for example, the global spectrum is life to death. Now there's a whole lot of steps between these two. A protagonist doesn't typically go from life immediately to death. If you think about Die Hard, John McClane starts out perfectly healthy, but as the story goes along, he gets beaten up a little more with every scene. To learn more about the gradations between polarities, check out the Power of 10 article that I wrote with Kim Kessler, and I'll have a link to that in the show notes. Next, we have value shift. The movement between the positive and the negative values along a spectrum of value is called the value shift. In life, people don't usually flip-flop between absolute positive and negative values. No one is purely good one minute and purely evil the next. Likewise, characters shouldn't snap back and forth between extremes because if they do, your story is going to seem melodramatic. That's what Bram Stoker does with Jonathan Harker in Dracula. Now, that story is 120 years old, so we'll allow for changes in style. But contrast that approach with the one Vince Gilligan used in Breaking Bad. Jonathan Harker's shifts are abrupt and frequent. And for a modern audience, it's jarring and we lose patience with it. However, Walter White changes incrementally 
And the overall effect is a story that is nothing short of riveting. Okay, next we have polarity shift, which is also known as a valence shift. The polarity shift or valence shift is simply the movement from positive to negative or negative to positive. And finally, we have the turning point, which Sean has begun to call the fear, P-H-E-R-E. And a turning point really is a type of progressive complication. And therefore, it's one of the five commandments. It's not its own commandment. There can be any number of progressive complications in a unit of story. The first one the protagonist faces will be the easiest to overcome. The second one will be a little more challenging, the third more challenging still, and so on, until the last progressive complication. When the protagonist faces this last progressive complication, he must change his tactic. The way he had been doing things before won't work this time, so he must try something new. The last complication is the turning point and is called that because the protagonist has to turn or pivot somehow. Now, this could be a literal turn, a change in direction or strategy, or a psychological one, a change of attitude or awareness. It's this turning point that causes the value shift because things are now different. The human experience has shifted. So how does value shift work with the five commandments of storytelling? If you've been studying story grid methodology a while, you'll know that the five commandments are in each unit of story. As a quick refresher, the units of story are the beat, the scene, sequence, act, subplot, and global story. The five commandments are the inciting incident, the progressive complications, the crisis, the climax, and the resolution. The turning point, as I just said, is a progressive complication that turns the value of the unit of story and leads to the crisis question. Now, <laughs> that is a mouthful. There's a whole lot of information in there. Let me just repeat that. The turning point is a progressive complication that turns the value of the unit of story and leads to the crisis question. Let's look at a couple of examples. Just a word to the wise here, when you're learning to apply story theory, do yourself a huge favor and start with examples that are fairly straightforward, like superhero movies or romantic comedies. If you jump straight into complicated stories like Marathon Man, like really, you might break your brain. Okay, let's look at the first example, Guardians of the Galaxy. And we're going to look at the very opening scene of the movie where Peter's captured. Guardians is an action story, so the value is life to death. In this scene, the turning point is when Peter's mother dies. Her shift is literally life to death, but since Peter is our protagonist, we'll track the scene from his perspective. Peter's value is also shifting along the life-death spectrum of value. He starts out very much alive and healthy, but by the end, he's been captured. While there was no danger to his life at the beginning, by the end, he's at risk, and so his value has shifted toward the negative. The second example is Gladiator. And this is the scene near the end of the film where Maximus and Commodus are in the Gladiator's ring. The global genre of Gladiator is status admiration. Maximus is a principal protagonist who rises without compromise. Although at times he drops as far as failure, 
he never shifts to the completely negative value of selling out. In this scene, he finally reaches success. That is, he retains status. Now, I have copies of both of these scenes on the StoryGrid website in the article Value Shift 101. So you can go look at them there if you can't visualize the scenes as I'm talking about them right now. All right, let's look at Value Shift and how it works with the Fool's Gap. I want you to picture the Fool's Gap in your mind. The bottom three quarters is dedicated to the 15 core scenes. And to the right is a space to track the external and internal charge for each of those scenes. What are the 15 core scenes? Well, they're the five act level commandments for each of the beginning hook, middle build, and ending payoff. They form the spine of your story, and they must all turn on the global value spectrum because they track the progression of the global story. Now, what does that little external and internal charge thing mean? Well, the internal and external charge tracks the polarity shift for the external and internal content genres of your story. If your story doesn't have an internal content genre, that's fine. Just leave that part blank. Or you can delete it if you want to do that too. Now, it's not surprising that Peter Quill in Guardians is shifting along the life death spectrum of value because, as I said, Guardians of the Galaxy is an action movie, and this is the global inciting incident for the entire story. The external charge column will have a negative sign because the global value has shifted slightly toward the negative. The internal charge column will be left blank because, you know, I love this film, but let's face it, Peter Quill does not have much of an internal arc to talk about. <laughs> In Gladiator. Maximus is shifting along the selling out success spectrum of value because this is the core event of the story and the climax of the ending payoff. Since it's also one of the 15 core scenes that we track on the fool's gap, it must turn on the global value. We put positive signs in both the external and internal charge columns because one, he has succeeded without compromise, and that's the ultimate positive value in the status admiration story. And two, because the power has been restored to Maximus and to society, which is the ultimate positive value in the society political story. So how does value shift work with objects of desire? When you're filling in your foolscap, you'll write a sentence for each commandment of each act. And then you'll indicate whether that scene moves the protagonist closer to her objects of desire, and you'd use a little positive sign there, or further away from them, which you'd use a little negative sign or minus sign. Objects of desire relate directly to the content genres and the global spectrum of value. They're the protagonist's wants and needs. The wants are conscious, which means the protagonist is aware of them. The needs are subconscious, which means that the protagonist is likely not aware of them, at least initially. Just as the global spectrum of value is dictated by the genre choice, so are the objects of desire. So you can start to see why Sean keeps telling us to nail our genre first, right? Okay, so let's look at an example. And this is from Pride and Prejudice. Pride and Prejudice is primarily a love story between Elizabeth Bennet and Mr. Darcy. Therefore, the global genre is a love story, 
and the secondary genre is a worldview maturation, because Elizabeth matures when she learns not to be prejudiced. Since Elizabeth is our protagonist, we track the love story value shift and the worldview value shift from her perspective. In terms of her objects of desire, she wants to marry the perfect gentleman. She is consciously aware of this and even says as much to Jane. However, she doesn't realize that she needs to mature. She has a prejudice against rich people that instantly colors her attitude towards Darcy. So when we're tracking the value shift on the fool's gap, we're tracking whether Elizabeth is getting closer to or further from love, that's the external charge column, or closer to or further from maturity, the internal charge column. So how does value shift work with the spreadsheet? When you analyze the draft of your manuscript using the StoryGrid spreadsheet, you'll notice that Sean Coyne has created columns for the story event, value shift, polarity shift, and turning point. This is so that you can easily see whether your scenes work. If there's no turning point, there's no value shift. If there's no value shift, you haven't written a scene. You've written a passage of exposition in which nothing is happening. Too many of these and your reader will lose interest. Now you'll probably have a whole bunch of them in your first draft and that's normal and that's okay. And that happens to me all the time. But when we're editing, these are the types of things that we wanna start picking up on and improving for our second and subsequent drafts. Okay, there's a whole bunch of information packed into this episode. So if you happen to be listening while you're on the treadmill or driving the car, <laughs> definitely check out the Value Shift 101 post. If you're struggling with your manuscript and want some help, you can contact me through my website, valeriefrancis.ca, or go to storygrid.com and see what the other editors have to offer. Season 5 starts very soon. We'll see you then. Music